I don't like this. I don't want to be doing this. This is kind of like inconvenient for me, but this is my job now. And then it was funny because he was like, I hate this meal that she's making for me every day. So I remember when he finally was like, he was like, like, I really don't like that. You know, and Christ warns us. Wash your face. When Christ talks about (laughs) prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in in the Gospel of Matthew, he, he makes a big deal about when you fast, it should be a private thing. In fact, externally, you should go you should make an effort to make it not apparent that you're fasting from anything, you know? Um, and why? Because the treasure that you're trying to uh, achieve, you're trying to get by fasting is a greater intimacy with God, this treasure in heaven, this, this virtue and, a, and more intimacy with Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another extraordinary conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. I need to clarify right now. When I say because I always flinch when I say that. When I'm saying an extraordinary conversation, I'm not claiming that, that our, our talking is extraordinary, but that we're stepping out of the ordinary. It is extraordinary. We're stepping aside to look at some of the ordinary aspects of life that God is sending to us every day with which he wants to make us saints that we often take for granted. And we are, we are looking at them in a new way, in an extraordinary way. That's what I mean. So don't take it wrongly. Today we're talking about uh, Exodus 90, which is decidedly not ordinary. I mean, it's a little ordinary in our household because I've done it like five years now, but um, it is extraordinary in this way in that it takes a lot of normal things of life and turns them on, on their head. Uh, We're going to talk about that more in a moment uh, about how to do that as a couple you know, or how, how to handle that as a couple when, when the husband's doing that. Before we get to that, uh, as always, remind you that elevate, ElevateOrdinary.com is where you can find out more information about the show and to get back into the archives, as well as information about our patron community, people who support this show and Awaken Catholic. Also download the app, the Awaken app at theawakenapp.io. Uh, great place to follow this show and other shows on Awaken Catholic. A lot of other good stuff there for you. So check that out. Oh, I got myself out of breath with that intro. Too, talking too fast. <laughs> Boy. Uh, Exodus 90. We're about halfway through uh, this Exodus 90 this year. I'm doing it with some guys I met on Twitter, actually. Um, and Exodus 90 is this neat program, this neat... Uh, I got I got their, their book there back when they used to have physical books. It is a 90-day program for men where they get together with a fraternity of guys. Um, they fast... They pray, they read through the book of Exodus, uh, they commit to uh, they're, they're, you know, working as a fraternity and discussing and holding each other accountable. They take cold showers uh, in place of presumably normally warm showers <laughs> <laughs> as a, a way of growing, uh, trying to grow in detachment uh, from their attachments and uh, to this prepare created for Easter. by yes. seminarians? I think originally amongst, yeah, amongst some seminarians or four seminarians or by previous seminarians. Yeah, that's, I'm, have maybe James I'm Baxter just on here to tell us the full story. Creating some mythology that doesn't exist. But I, <laughs> I thought it, it was like seminarians who then were married and then were trying to. That could be it. You know, yeah, yeah. help men. 
It's a neat program. I really like it. I've, again, I've done it for a number of years now with different groups of guys. Um, uh, again, if the other guys listening to this, I, it, my, each one of mine has been a mixed bag <laughs> of of adherence. It, I always learn a whole lot about myself during it. Uh, I discover some some new weakness that I really have to iron out and that I have to bring to the guys a lot. So we'll talk more about some of that. But I mean, the main focus of today, we were going to talk about it as a couple. I know a lot mm-hmm. of guys. You know, I think Nick Delatore here. And, Awakened Catholic is doing it. Kevin Jari, I think, maybe some other guys around. Um, other guy, you know, Pete Range. I've been in a fraternity with him before. Yeah, I think Pete and Rob are starting one with our priest. I think they're doing the Lent forty. So this Lent is that's 40, coming up yeah. soon. That's going to start here in messing, about seven days. I'm messing with my maternity clothes here on camera. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So, but yeah, our thought was to talk about yeah the dynamics of because like as yeah. a as a woman. When I bring this up to other people, other women, there's like a mixed bag. It's either like, well, I've, I've actually never heard a woman say she loves that her husband does Exodus 90. Um, but I have heard a lot of women say that like they hated it or it was such a stress on their marriage. And I, I haven't experienced that. So I thought we would talk through some of the, um, we put out there on social media, like some particular issues like what what particular issues if your husband has done exodus 90 if you're doing it now like what are some issues that you run into and then we thought maybe we could just think through those Mm -hmm. um and so in exodus 90 the men are meatless on wednesdays and fridays so so it kind of starts like after the epiphany right yeah around that time yeah it's it's 90 days from Easter. easter yeah 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 so um so that was one the um, the extra burden that um, meal planning is, especially meatless meals, they're really hard to make, especially if you're paleo, you know, <laughs> and you're not eating a bunch of grains. Mm-hmm. Um, but then another one was, oh, like um, accountability and exceptions. Yeah, like uh, feast you, days, birthdays, yeah, that's one vacations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, let's start with, um, I guess the place I want to start here is that one of the things that comes up quickly with this program, as with any program like this, is you realize quickly, oh, shoot, we weren't really on the same page. We didn't really talk ahead of time about this. I was kind of just doing my own thing. And uh, and now it's only after the fact that I'm kind of like cluing my wife in on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a general topic here that's important that, you know, it's so easy in, in married life. To start out synchronized, we're working as a team, this family life, we're doing it together, we're talking mm-hmm. about everything. But then you get busy and you start to, that starts to pull yeah. apart. And or I'm working on my things of, and you're working on your things. Yeah. Yeah. Bouts of being together in sync and then like kind of resting on your laurels and then you kind yeah. of fall apart and you're living two separate lives. Yeah. And then pretty soon, like you're just, you're doing your own things, you're signing up for things or things are showing up in the mail and you're like, wait, what are you doing with your side of the life? Like, <laughs> oh, like I, I just had all these plans and things that I'm trying to do, you know, but I haven't told you about any of them. And that's again. Sometimes it's it's just funny, but oftentimes it's all it's like no, this is a dysfunction. We got to got to get back on track. Um, I think sometimes I don't communicate because I know I'm being a little imprudent. I'm hasty. I'm jumping into things. I'm I'm committing myself to things that um, even if they're good things to do, um, they bear more discussion ahead of time. And so, especially with Exodus ninety, precisely because on the one hand. It is not to the penitential aspects of it are not to be a penance for anyone else in your life. That's important. But also because even if you're doing a good job at not letting them become a penance for other people, they're still going to affect them. 
it's something that should you should discuss with your spouse. And that's part of their program. They make a big deal in their in their introductory documents about, hey, how does this affect your spouse? How should you talk about it? How should you handle it? But, you know, guys don't read things, you know, or talk about things. And so they tend this still tends to come up quite often. So know. when we started talking about the food aspects, mm-hmm. we noticed that both of us <laughs> It's so much easier to be severe on your own sex. Okay. Like both of us were blaming our sex for the problems with the food dysfunction. You know, John Mark was like, well, the man just. Well, needs describe to the eat. food dysfunction. Okay. First. So, yeah, like- so if you're eating meatless or the husband's not eating between meals or he's not eating desserts or you're not having alcohol or something like that, mm-hmm. um, there, I mean, it's just inevitable that there's going to be some kind of resentment. Um, and, for the person who's making the meals, right? For the person who sets the feasts and who sets the, you know, plans the parties and all that stuff. Um, and I think that that is kind of normal. Um, it's not insurmountable, but the the little twinge of, of resentment is, is normal. Um, but so, especially with the meatless days, um, I found that those are like the hardest for people who have talked the women who have talked to well, me Wednesday about in particular, since that's the one that's out of the ordinary. Right? Yeah. Friday is a little bit more normal. But. Yeah. So now it's funny because we didn't ever deal with this with Exodus 90, mm-hmm. but we've dealt our entire marriage with like different diets. Okay. So, mm. um, and particularly you on different diets, because I, I tend to be now like based on the cycles of pregnancy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how I eat and what I eat and what I do. Um, but when I'm cooking the meals, that's easy for me mm-hmm. to do. But then when when I forget that it's like a meatless day and I've made a meatless meal mm-hmm. um, or I've made a meat-filled meal, <laughs> um, you have gotten a, into an awesome habit of always having some kind of like canned meat thing because you do high protein. Mm-hmm. And so we can't just like have pasta. Right. You know, you can't just have a, a can of pasta that we throw on or something like that. So um, you've gotten really good at having like canned fish around that you like, mm-hmm. um, smoked salmon or so, something that's in the fridge that you can grab mm-hmm. easily. Um, so we've kind of avoided that. But early on in our marriage, I remember at one point you told me that, and that you're you're very sweet and very kind about it, but like I was making you something for lunch that you hated. And oh. I was making it every day. I think it was like tuna salad sandwich or something like that. <laughs> and I felt like, well, this is what I must do as a wife. I don't like this. I don't want to be doing this. This is kind of like inconvenient for me, but this is my job now. And then it was funny because he was like, I hate this meal that she's making for me every day. So I remember when he finally was like, these he was like, yeah. You're like, I really don't like that. Can I just make my own lunch? And that's what you said. You didn't mm. say like, can you make me something else even? It was mm. like, can I just make I my own lunch? Yeah. Mm. And I was like, yeah, actually, sure. Yeah, I don't like doing this. And it, it just kind of like, that has kind of been how we've dealt with food discrepancies where like you have always had a plan mm. or you don't get, I hate that phrase. I'm not going to use it. You don't get hurt over um, like if I make something off that day, you kind of just like look around the cupboards and try to assume some other kind of protein <laughs> into the meal, you know? Um, and that happens a lot where I don't know he's pulling back on carbs and that may even just be a decision he's made that day. And so I'll make something carby for dinner and he'll just, you know, kind of go. <laughs> or have a smaller serving. Yeah. 
So it's yeah. never mm-hmm. really it's never really hurt me. Like I've never made something and been like, I worked so hard on this. So I can't I can't identify with that. I'm sorry. So like mm-hmm. what I'm talking about being severe on my sex, I'm just like, well, just don't get upset that he's not eating this food that you made for him. You know, don't make it purely for his pleasure or and I mean that's good training for kids too. Right, because you're they're never gonna like anything that you make, even if they liked it the last time you made it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really used to now people being disappointed in my well, cooking. And so on my side, you know, like my thought was that the guy, again, it's very easy for guys to just like jump on a new plan, whether it's a diet or Exodus 90 or whatever it is, uh, and just kind of run with it. And then only afterwards kind of think about, oh, I probably should have talked to my wife about this, you know, or when the, when, you know, the, the non meatless meal shows up, you know, so, you know, talk ahead of time and, and ask, you know, and, and make a plan and adapt and be, be, you know, and everybody, there. be mindful of your reactions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. But I'll, yeah, that's the thing too. Is like, again, gentlemen, obviously, I mean, this seems pretty straightforward to me. But if it's a meatless Wednesday during an Exodus 90 and you've committed to that as a spiritual discipline and the wrong meal shows up, suck it up and eat the meal. You know, just just eat the food. Just make it a sacrifice. Just eat the food. You know, or or there's many ways to make a meal penitential. Don't put salt on your food, or skip your favorite side, or whatever it is. Like you can you can still make a, a fast out of it to keep your thing. Um, and then later you can maybe very gently say oh, that meal was delicious. Just as a reminder, it, you know, if we could do meatless Wednesdays, that'd be great, or something like that. But the point is, is that like in the moment, you don't need to be making a principle or just stand. Like you know, you can be me complaining. Like if he were to very kindly like open up a can of tuna instead of eating the food that I add this to the meal to here. be like I hate Exodus ninety this is such an imposition to our family like just be mindful of your reactions you know like it's n- nobody's trying to hurt anyone else you know um, so maybe I'm I'm just I'm not yeah. a hopefully that some of that was helpful I mean but the point is here communicate ahead of time I'm not a good doula react well in the moment if things I don't, don't have go a good bedside manner. That's a, a big piece of all this too. And so when you make a plan, any sort of plan, but certainly a big, long, extended plan like Exodus 90 with a lot of its stipulations, its fasts, its asceticisms, its prayers, that you have to make that plan, but then you have to remain prudent in the moment. Well, actually, and, so and for, for the woman too, yeah. okay, okay, so I'm having a hard time identifying with this, mm-hmm. but if you were in a position where you're like, why doesn't he eat my meals? I'm so frustrated with Exodus 90. I'm like, I made this for him. I really want him to enjoy this. Maybe ask yourself, like, what am I afraid of? Like, what, like, what am I afraid of in this moment? Am I afraid that like, I'm just a housewife now? Like all I do is stay at home and cook and clean and nobody notices me and nobody cares and they don't realize how much effort it, like that's a, that's a real and valid concern. And that's not Exodus 90's fault. And that's not meatless Wednesdays and Fridays fault. But it's actually something that you can address and you can talk about and you can like voice your fears mm-hmm. and talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're afraid, I'm never going to live up to his mother's cooking. I mm-hmm. always feel like my cooking is subpar. And every time I go to her house, like her cooking is just amazing. And I just don't have that gene. Well, that's a legitimate fear, right? That's like something that you can address together, mm-hmm. you know, um, or... Am I afraid that I'm or or I'm trying to be a really good housewife and like this is just knocking me down, you know? So again, housewife, my friend hates it when I say that word. I don't really get offended by it. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to be a good homemaker. (laughs) I don't know what word to use in place of it. Um, Carrying on. 
Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My husband has the watch on. <laughs> the babysitter. The babysitter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we had a second thing we wanted to discuss. You got that, babe? Okay, so another aspect of, of Exodus 90 stuff, or again, any plan. I mean, we, we can broaden this sort of topic on um, sort of like supporting each other as spouses when the other, when the spouse is like working on themselves, you know, working on their, their, their spiritual life or their physical health or whatever it happens to be, um, that oftentimes we can use each other as spouses to be the excuse to remain in a vice or an attachment. Mm-hmm. You know, and we do this, we've wrestled with this a lot. We've often joked on here on, you know, like we love to eat chicken wings and watch TV and that's a habit we've been working on. Like yeah. we cut way down on that, especially yeah. during Exodus yeah. 90. Don't watch TV. You know, still get chicken wings occasionally. You know, we're a little bit more moderate with them now. But the point is, is that, you know, there is a time to feast. There is a time to fast and eat normally. But at all times, you're to be prudent and you're to be temperate. And, um, you know, as a couple, you can't be each other's spiritual director per se. And you can't be each other's accountability buddy per se. It doesn't quite work like that. But you should be trying to help each other supporting each other in virtue and not being each other's excuse for vice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, relevant to Exodus 90 is that like, it, it's inevitable that um, there's going to be exceptions to Exodus 90. Like, you know, you've given up desserts, but it might be a kid's birthday. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you, you, or you have a special holy day for your family. And so you embrace the feast of that day and you have a piece of cake. Um, part of the point of having a fraternity in Exodus 90 is that really, uh, men should kind of turn outside their marriage for someone to be accountable to, to like, Hey, you know, make sure I I stick to this plan that I made. That really shouldn't be spouses necessarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, That can get a little dicey. I mean, you know, you have to decide. Yeah. I actually remember a time when you were doing Exodus 90 Mm -hmm. where you said like, I wish I could have ice cream or I can't have ice cream because it's Exodus, Exodus 90. And I said, well, spouses can make decisions you, you for special like, nights. Spousal exemption. Well, <laughs> I, but I was half serious, and it, 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 I knew it was wrong, and you knew it was wrong. I mean, <laughs> we didn't eat ice cream that night, but it was just like it was. I could see how you could be like, I want this tonight, so we're gonna have it, and, and it doesn't matter. It's good to have a spiritual director. My wife or in this says case, okay. a group of guys where you you can go to the guys and say, um. You know, like, a, uh, I have this plan, keep me accountable to it, but also, hey, I need to make this exemption to it. You know, I think this is prudent. What do you think? That kind of a deal. Yeah, and the, the issue that it's not supposed to be a penance to other people, mm-hmm. something that I've really been blindsided about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've always been really excited for our kids, our theoretical kids, when I was excited about this, to see us fasting and see us doing hard things and see us doing, you know, like, mm-hmm. difficult things. And, but they're like really emotionally wrought when like daddy doesn't have a piece of cake or like when daddy's, is daddy eating this morning? (laughs) I mean, they're very concerned about it. And for a long time I was just like, no, they need to learn to suck it up. But then I'm like, no, maybe we need to look at it this in a different way. And if there's a birthday, we haven't had a birthday fall yet in Exodus 90. But if there's, we've had feast days fall mm-hmm. um, and St. Patrick's Day is like my kids' green crepes or well, everything. Yeah, we have a, we have a special tradition. Yeah, we have a that. special tradition. So, for so that. I always, every every year at Exodus 90, I always tell guys ahead of the time that, hey, this is what our family does that day. We have special green dessert crepes that morning and we put up decorations and stuff. And so I'm yeah. going to do that 
I'm not going to go overboard, but I'm going to have, you know, our family treat that day because it's a tradition. For yeah, because we're not trying to force our kids to be penitential on their feast day that they look mm-hmm. for. The family tradition that we've cultivated, mm-hmm. you know, by watching Eddie not eat a grape. I mean, they really do. They really get like super mm-hmm. emotional. It takes me off guard. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not to be a penance for the children yeah, either. Wanna, I mean, in any fast, any penance, you know, whether it's just your Lenten penance or Friday abstinence from meat or whatever, I mean, you never want to make a big deal about it. You know, I mean, Christ warns us. Wash when, your face. When Christ talks <laughs> about you know, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in, in the Gospel of Matthew, he, he makes a big deal about when you fast, it should be a private thing. In fact, externally, you should go, you should make an effort to make it not apparent that you're fasting from anything. You know, um, and why? Because the treasure that you're trying to uh, achieve, you're trying to get by fasting, is a greater intimacy with God. This treasure in heaven, this, this virtue, and a, and more intimacy with Jesus Christ. If you if you are introducing though this element of people seeing what I'm doing and I'm putting on a show for them, you're 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 introducing. Um, a mixed motive into why you're doing that. Yeah. It's like when you feel tempted to pray for the benefit of the other people in front of you, like extemporaneous prayer, um, rather than like you're praying to God, (laughs) you know, I, that's really hard when you have kids because you're like, I want to say the right thing so that they get the right idea. But then you're like, who am I praying to my kids or to God? (laughs) Like they'll get more grace if I'm actually praying to God and not to them. So Exodus 90, something, a program like that. I mean, some parts of it, I mean, people are going to see, your family's going to see bits of it. But, um, you know, discerning how best to implement those things in conversation with your fraternity, um, part of that conversation is, again, keeping it to yourself as much mm-hmm. as you can because it's not it's not for other people. It's not for them to see. It's for you to do and offer up for them. Yeah. You know, and sometimes the best way to handle uh, where life clashes with one of the asceticisms, one of the disciplines, is to make a gentle exception or a change to it in order to keep it so it's only Yeah, actually, it. this last Exodus 90, it's been almost imperceptible that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there are sometimes where I just totally forget that it's occurring. Um, another thing you've done recently, too, is like when we have guests over mm-hmm. and their choice mm-hmm. is like a hard beverage. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you've given up alcohol with Exodus 90. You're going to give away my secrets here. It is. Like, he'll put a couple of drops in. Well, I put I put a little bit of cherry Coke Zero in and then a couple of drops of, yeah. Just Because, to again, that's for the person's hospitality. Yeah, Nobody know. wants to feel like they're drinking alone, right. you know, or they're not partaking in, you know, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, when he told me that several guests in, and I was just like, oh, I didn't even realize, I for, totally forgot you weren't doing alcohol. It didn't even cross my right. mind, yeah. but my, it was just like it it made the other person feel Yeah, because my goal is to make, put that guest at their ease. You know, yeah. I want to offer them that hospitality. And Shoot, that, I shouldn't have given away your secret. I'm give away my secret now. You can't do it I'm anymore. can't do it anymore. Dang it. Well, they'll anyway. always <laughs> wonder. They'll always wonder if they're drinking alone, their secret drinking alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we had any other points here. Uh, I guess the, uh, the other main point that I would just make, and this is this is, um, I guess, is more to the gentleman, and that um, this is just more advice about Exodus ninety in general is that it has to be uh, a surrender. It's so easy when we're trying to work on ourselves, work on our spiritual lives, physical lives, you know, um, to get motivated, but then to 
to lose hold of our of our trust in God, you know, to try to double down on I'm going to muscle my way through this. And then, you know, the inevitable result is you get discouraged and you fail and you and you're just like I can't do this. Well, the whole point was no, you in the first place you couldn't do this. You can't do this spiritual life. You can't save yourself. You can't be a good man without God. Uh and so you have to at the same time as you're getting motivated to make some change or take some big steps in your life or to, to pursue you know, uh, an opportunity, an event like this, like Exodus 90. At the same time, you have to, I mean, that's that's why prayer is the rock-solid foundation of it. But even within that prayer, don't forget that in the prayer, you're anchoring, anchoring yourself to God. You know, that this ha- these things ha- can't be you trying to seize greater control over your life. They have to be you surrendering more control over to God. And that's where the strength comes. That's where the grace comes to be able to grow uh, through these things. And I guess if I'm if I'm thinking about speaking to women who will be going through this like for the first time or going through it now, um, the fruit of the male fraternity mm-hmm. and the male accountability um, and the small communal sacrifices that you don't see that they're doing like daily workout or um, daily cold shower. Um, I really think that they have over the last few years made a, a more robust head of the household. <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe it because it's not like he's, my husband is not like a towering, demanding man, head of the household, you know, like a macho man. Um, he really is Christ in our family every day. Um, and I think that these asceticisms have just, I mean, they've, he, they've really benefited his fatherhood and is head of the householdhood. I don't know. So I, I do think it's worth it. And I do think, um, it is worth asking yourself those questions. Like, what am I afraid of? Like, is this reasonable? Um, is this something we need to talk about? Is this root fear something that I, that I would like to get in the way of (laughs) him growing in these ways? Um, or is this something that we just need to have a conversation about and maybe a fight about? Because I know sometimes we put things off because we just don't have the energy for a fight. But sometimes when we fight about things or things finally come to the surface and we have like this big, long, hour-long discussion, and I usually say a lot of things I regret, <laughs> um, I feel more energized after the fight and you feel closer to the other person and I don't know, like life just gets better when you get those things. Oops, I'm hitting my microphone. If I get those things out of the way. Um, So. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Let's wrap this up with a few thoughts here. Um, Exodus 40 should be coming up soon. That's the Lenten Lenten version of this. And so if that's something you're interested in, check out Exodus90.com, I think is the website uh, for information about that program. You know, gentlemen, you need, um, you as a man, uh, in a particular way, need challenge and accountability and encouragement from other men. That's just built into, it's just how you're built. It's how God designed you. And so this is a great opportunity to get together with some guys, you know, who want to be better husbands and fathers and to undergo this, this journey together. So I'd encourage that. But even if you're not doing that, hey, it's Lent. And so this is a time when the church calls us to uh, do some penance for our sins, which are many, in preparation for Easter. And so prayer Fasting, almsgiving, you should be thinking of those. You should be writing down something specific that you're doing. Uh, and you should be, you know, again, going about whatever you pick up. 
prayer, fasting, almsgiving, going about those with the things we've talked about in mind. You know, this is to be something that's that's between you and God. Uh, it sh- it should be um, for the purpose of of winning the true treasure, which is greater intimacy with God, greater freedom, so that you can do His will in your life and the, and the people that you're called to serve. Um, and but it takes prudence. You know, you never. It's never. It's never too late to begin. You know, whatever's come before this, you can jump in uh, and and pick up something. Um, let's see. But prudence is the main thing here. You make a plan, and you run it, but you have to you have to continue to discern as you go through it. You know, you can have a great ideal, a great plan, but then life comes to hit you, and sometimes that's God reminding you that even with your plan, you can't try to assume all the control yourself. You have to continue to walk with God even through that plan. And so, yeah, have a good Lent. We'll keep talking to you here. Uh, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Those are the watchwords. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. Again, check out elevateordinary.com for more information about the show and our community, The Manor at St. Anne's, uh, and download the Awaken app at theawakenapp.io. Again, thanks for joining us for this episode. God bless you. Talk to you again next time.